the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Bud Elliott of the Cover 3 Podcast coming to you live today on a special cover three we usually do mailbag stuff we have already had a lot of mailbag related questions come in and luckily we're gonna get to save a couple of those because last night nick saban just became the absolute content god he was already the recruiting king and the college football king some think he should be the college football czar whenever he hangs it up and last night he just he just let it all go and uh in discussing recruiting and the changing sport with nil payments to players and scholarship limits and all the other stuff he was at a, at one of these uh, booster dinners and ultimately he said some pretty interesting stuff about texas a&m and jimbo fisher's recruiting we'll get to that in just a second really appreciate all of y'all joining me here and we will be breaking in for some live comments from jimbo fisher at some point but uh big big thanks to nick saban for uh for giving us this gift in mid-may generally kind of a dead time for college football coverage here. And we really appreciate all of y'all diehards and crazies checking in with us on our channel. So we'll be popping in with some of these Jimbo comments as he's actually going live at the exact same time that we are. But first, let's start and let's set the table for these Jimbo comments by first going to the Nick Saban comments. Jordan, play the tape. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. Uh, that's pretty pretty wild comments there. You really haven't heard a whole lot of coaches out there. You had little Lane Kiffin stuff back around signing day. I know we discussed that on our national signing day recap. But Nick Saban just come out and say, hey, A&M bought every player in the recruiting class, which who knows if it's true. I bet you they bought a bunch of them. But did they actually buy every one? Did they buy the kicker? Whatever they bought, they, they got a pretty nice haul. They had the number one recruiting class, not only of last year, uh, but of all time, uh, which is pretty amazing. So, uh, look, clearly that's Saban accusing Jimbo of technically cheating, although we don't really think anybody's going to go after anybody for this because every time they do, the courts are like, yeah, we're not going to enforce these anti-competitive, anti-American rules where workers can't get uh, can't get their their fair value, even if it gets to them with this sort of awkward setup that is NIL. So uh, I want to get in first before Jimbo starts with his comments. I want to get into why he said this. And I've been, been going over this in my head, and there's a couple things. Uh, first, I, I want to know, I mean, I, I just kind of wonder if he doesn't really want to change what he's been doing that has been working so well. What does he have, five national titles at, at Alabama, I think it is? And obviously he won one as well at LSU. 
the guy's over 70 years old. He is coming up towards the end of his career. I'm not going to say that's going to be this year or next, although certainly has the best chance to have his best team ever, I think, this year with, with Bryce and everybody have, you have returning off of that team. Uh, but look, Saban has long been the recruiting king. His methods have worked extremely well, whether that's selling NIL or whether that's bagman stuff. Uh, obviously, the people in the comments weighing in, it's amazing how uh, all the families that go to Tuscaloosa end up uh, working in Tuscaloosa, new Dodge Chargers, Challengers, magically kept showing up, et cetera. I'm not going to get into that, guys. Like, I, I don't even think Saban owns the, uh, the, the Dodge dealership there. But uh, look, if you did have a really good bagman setup in the past, it's not as important now to have that bagman setup because the secrecy and having these boosters who will keep their mouth shut is not as important as it used to be. Now this stuff is just out in the open, as we saw with AM, as, as Nick is talking about here. It's just not as important as it used to be. And so you're selling NFL, but you also have to sell NIL. And Saban and his staff clearly did not do as good of a job as that this past year as Texas A&M did. Texas A&M was more ready for it. They were pushing the gas more, and they got the results on the recruiting trail. If you're Nick, Man, you're probably trying to, to win a couple more national titles or maybe just one more and hang it up. You don't want to have to completely change how you recruit. Also, keep in mind here, the last time that Nick had a bunch of players that were actually paid above the table didn't go so well. NFL, right? I mean, that, that, he did okay with the Dolphins. If uh, if he had Drew Brees, probably would have done a little bit better. But I think it's it's a little bit one of these things where he probably doesn't want to change. And I'm not entirely sure that the argument that this was a warning shot hold, holds water, right? For one, uh, it's pretty clear that almost everybody in the SEC buys players. See the Albert Means case, specifically for Alabama. See Travis Johnson today, you know, 10-year player in the NFL who was recruited in the, uh, in, in the 90s, said that Alabama offered him six figures to come there. So it's been going on for a long time. Now it's just a little more out in the open. Uh, but I'm not really sure this is actually a true warning shot like he issued in 2012 with respect to the no huddle offenses. Remember when Kevin Sumlin and Hugh Freeze were just driving him nuts with the way that they set their defenses and who had to call the defense with the no huddle RPO stuff? And Saban said, is this really what we want football to be? And the answer collectively was, yeah, this is really fun. So Bama said, fine, we'll do it with better players and we'll beat you. And indeed, they pretty much have for about the last decade or so. If this is a warning shot, though, and I'm not really convinced that it is, because do you really think he wants to have to adapt again on, on the tail end of his career? I'm, I'm not convinced of that. But if that's your argument, then clearly I think this is just a call to the boosters and business owners in that room, of which there were many, to, hey, uh, this game is changing, and we need to step up and compete a little bit differently here in the NIL world, uh, and it, specifically here. To do it beforehand. Of course, he can't come out and say that directly because you're technically not allowed to do the whole endorsement stuff. But realistically, you know, uh, that's, I think that's kind of one of two options. Either he doesn't want to adapt or he's just using this as a way to drum up more booster support. There's also potentially the ego standpoint, right? He doesn't like losing and he definitely doesn't like losing at a game that he feels is unfair, right? Okay, you lost the kick six game. That's tough. But realistically, I think if you're Nick, look at the comments he said last week when he discussed how he wants college football to go back to a state of parity, which it has never, ever been in my lifetime, Nick's lifetime, or the lifetime of the sport. This is not a parity sport. It's a sport 
that is dominated by the very best programs year in and year out. It has less parity than basically any other sport you can think of, except for like, I don't know, maybe tennis. Uh, so if you think about that, like he sees this as unfair as opposed to just shifting. That's possibly something there as well. Let's go right here to Jimbo's comments. Jimbo opens by saying Nick Saban's comments were a shame and despicable. So this is going to get interesting, guys, because a shame and despicable is pretty fun. Uh, let's, let's see. This is almost like a wrestling work. I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, Jordan, keep feeding these comments in here, in here to me. I'm also checking our Slack channel. As we go live with this, pretty fun. Uh, shout out to uh, Isaiah Mendoza, who just is, is loving today's show. Probably a Bama fan, I, I would guess, just by his comments. And uh, guys, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button as well. Uh, but Jimbo's just feeding the comments here. Or uh, excuse me, Jordan is feeding the comments in. Jordan, keep those coming if you can, and I will uh, keep putting them into the chat. Really good stuff here. One thing, let's go back to National Signing Day. Do you remember uh, Jimbo was pretty ticked about the whole $25 million rumor? Now, my thought was that Jimbo was mad because they didn't really pay $25 million for that recruiting class. I think it's probably a lesser number. But if people believe the $25 million number, then you're going to have parents of kids calling and saying, hey, $25 million, I was the fifth rated player in your class and I only got seven hundred dollars Where's the rest of it, right? So a lot of people are like, oh my God, they're mad because they're claiming that money was involved. No, I think they're mad, or they were mad on National Signing Day about that, right? Like an over money being involved and thus people getting mad because they're not getting their quote unquote fair share. Now, Jimbo also said something interesting. He said, I've been in this league a long time. They were doing NIL before NIL was a thing, okay? Go ask them how, how, how they do that. What staff was Jimbo on when he was in the SEC? Oh, that's right. He was on the Nick Saban staff at LSU that really transformed how LSU recruits all of a sudden locked down the state of Louisiana. You didn't have Louisiana kids going anymore to Miami like Ed Reed or Florida State like Work Done or Florida or Georgia or you know Bama. You had them staying in Louisiana due to Nick Saban's recruiting system. What staff could Jimbo be talking about that he was in the league and they were doing NIL before NIL was a thing? You remember those comments from National Signing Day in defense of their actions? Just saying. If you're Nick, you're kind of playing a little bit of a game of chicken here if there are skeletons in the closet. Maybe there are. Maybe there are not. Uh, Jordan's still looking for uh, some tweets here. And uh, okay. Let's keep looking for a couple more. Um, I also wonder just like how long will, will this actually go? You know, uh, I, I think eventually we will. Uh... Oh, Jimbo said, there's a reason I never went back to work for him. Interesting. Uh, continuing here, it's sad to see Saban go after 17-year-old kids just because he didn't get his way. Go ask anyone who has ever worked for him and how he got to be where he is. See? Okay, this is really, this is pretty interesting. Uh, we're we're getting kind of like almost a wrestling promo here. This is this is fantastic. Um, burn it down. <laughs> All right, looking for some more here from Jordan, if you can. Jimbo Fisher said, Nick Saban has tried to call him, and Jimbo has refused the call. We're done, he said. There are no violations. There isn't anything wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this, Jimbo Fisher said. Okay, got it. Uh, wow. So a lot of, a lot of drama going on here. 
Uh, also think that, look, Saban's comments are a little bit tone deaf and just sort of, I, I don't think this is a warning shot. I think this is kind of somebody who doesn't want to change if you pair the recent comments, right? So think about this. He also blamed the lawsuits as the reason that we are here or where, where we are. But in fact, it's not the lawsuits. It's the fact that the schools who make up the NCAA had decades upon decades to change their policies, and they didn't. So eventually they got sued for it, and, and the courts were like, yeah, nine nothing. Your policies are pretty clearly illegal and anti-competitive, and bring us more lawsuits, and we'll overturn more of these ridiculous rules. Just like how the coaches 25 years ago, uh, they, had, they had to go ahead and sue to get more compensation, right? The NCAA had rules that said you can't, you can't pay coaches more than a certain amount. So anyway, this, this is pretty wild. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, if you're Muschamp, by the way, and you're friends with Jimbo and, and with Saban, what do you do with that beach house they share? Like, are, are you still going to the beach house with Jimbo? Is, is, if so, do you put that on, on, on the gram? If not, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, are, are you kind of picking sides there? Continuing here. Uh, more Jimbo Fisher. Some people think they are God. Go dig into how God did his deal. Jimbo Fisher said of Nick Saban. That is uh, that is pretty wild. Jordan, keep these coming. These are are really, really pretty fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Oh my gosh. Uh, we we never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Jimbo Fisher said. All right. Uh, well, that's uh, that's interesting. So here's a question. You think lawsuits will come of this? Because I'm I'm kind of thinking that, that that there won't. There won't be any lawsuits, you know, defamation. I don't think you want to have any discovery in this. Uh, go dig into his past, Fisher says of Saban. Again, probably referencing staffs that he worked on, I would have to guess. Uh, I know the guy. I know him really well, Fisher said. Uh, and then Fisher apologized to his players and fans for Saban saying what he did. No, there are no violations, again, according to Jimbo. Fisher called Saban a grown man who is pouting, which is almost certainly true here. Uh, when people show you who they are, believe them, Fisher said. He is showing you who he is. Uh, and Fisher said he ignored Saban's call today. We're done. That was, again, yeah. Uh, he's not worked with Saban's LSU. I don't want to be associated with him, he said. Fisher said the SEC will probably, quote, reprimand Saban and move on. Uh, highly doubt that. And uh, Fisher said a is going to be a great program. We're building into a great program. Uh, when coaches say that, come on, man. Uh, Fisher wants unified NIL rules for the country. If I pulled off what he did, I probably would wa would want that too, right? Like, don't let it, don't give anybody a chance to catch up. I love this offseason. This is this is incredible. You know, Fisher said Saban was soliciting funds from the crowd again. We already went over that. I definitely think that that he was uh, in Birmingham before talking about AM. When you walk on water, I guess it don't matter. Uh, Fisher says he has nothing to hide. Uh, it would be interesting if everybody could say that. Fisher said he does not know what collectors are doing. You can call me anything you want to call me. You can call me a cheat. I don't cheat. I don't lie. Uh, Fisher said his old man would have slapped him, uh, which, yeah, probably. Uh, and maybe someone should have slapped Saban. Woo! Now, this is getting spicy. Uh, asked if SEC meetings will be awkward. Fisher says he does not mind confrontation and backing away from it was not the only way I was raised. Unfortunately, Jimbo is not scheduled to go until Thursday, and Nick goes on Tuesday. So they won't probably even be in Atlanta on the same day. But if you're the or if you're the SEC, you do need to move this up to where these guys have to share the same stage because it would be tremendous content. I'm, I'm really, really arguing for that. 
Uh, John Mac what asks, and we will do a little mailbag style stuff on this. We still have the Travis Hunter thing to get into, which would be fun too. Um, do you think Jimbo is worried there is still some sort of NCAA enforcement lurking? Uh, wouldn't a lot of coaches advertise or brag about the NIL deals they have available? So there's no rule against giving NIL deals once kids are on campus. You're not supposed to give inducements before they get to campus. This is almost certainly going to uh, – this is going to go to court at some point, and I think the NCAA will lose on that, right? They're, they're, there's no um, – I don't think they have a legal leg to stand on to say you can't induce people to come to your school. That's just not, you know, like you give kids academic scholarships, right. And academic and extra aid and whatnot for being good at school. Why can't we give extra, extra money to players for coming? And additionally, if it's not being done through the schools, which it's not because the schools had to funnel this all uh, to the collectives because they didn't want to, to kind of get a little too close to that line of having employee status, collective bargaining. Uh, I really don't think that they have much of a leg on to, to stand on as far as saying outside parties can't uh, can't pay you. So I, I don't think anything's going to happen to any of these collectives at all. In fact, I, I think that the NCAA will probably try and that they'll get sued, lose, and then the conferences and the college football playoff will use that loss as an impetus to start their own thing for football and take football away from the NCAA. I think this is almost a poison pill of the school saying, yeah, let's uh, – Let's enforce these these rules that I think the schools know they really can't probably enforce. And then when they lose in court, which I think they probably would, um, then they, they get the point to the failure, right? It's almost like letting your kid do something you know he can't do just so you can say, hey, don't do that anymore. I'll handle it from here, you know, when, when they're trying to learn things. Uh, Jimbo's press conference is over. Uh, no names were named, of course. Just a lot of kind of nebulous back and forth, uh, which is you know, pretty wild here. A um, couple more things here. Uh, Fisher, last few comments. Fisher said Saban should live the advice he gives players. Again, Fisher saying they didn't buy any players. Okay. Uh, it's disgusting to what we're into right now, especially the people who are throwing the darts who have no glass in their house. You know what I think is kind of disgusting? It's disgusting how these coaches who make 10 million bucks have to act with all this indignation over players who are definitely worth more than the coaches are getting like 700,000 or a million bucks a year, right? Like in the NFL, the best coach in the history of football, Bill Belichick makes, I think we saw the graphic that said he made 12 or 13 million. Well, Patrick Mahomes makes 45 a year. That's crazy. In college, you're having the best coaches make 10X what the best players make. The players are worth more than the coaches on a year to year basis. And I get that the coaches are GMs and stuff too, but even so, uh, I don't know. It's kind of the whole despicable comment from Nick or for, from Jimbo here. I think these guys should probably look at little glass houses and figure out, wait a second, we're, we're complaining about all this stuff when we make 10x, 20x what these best players are making? Mm, I don't know. Lane Kiffin got the popcorn out for, for this press conference. That's fantastic. I, man, this is just what a, what a great day. Just, just fantastic. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, by the way, yeah, uh, if you guys want to check this out, this is from my old site, but I did interview the court report. I'll, I'll drop this in, in the chat if I can. So I can't chat because we're on the thing. Jordan, drop this in the chat. This is actually a pretty, pretty funny story here. Uh, I, I was at ACC conference title game one time, and I, I knew they were going to kill 
Duke, I think that's who they were playing. And there w- wasn't much to ask Fisher, but I interviewed the uh, court reporter uh, stenographer who was handling all that stuff uh, as far as the transcription of, uh, of that. And anyway, she said that he talks faster than like most auctioneers. So this is better than Johnny Depp uh, v. Amber Heard, no doubt. Uh, let's get that Bryce Young was already on campus when that deal came about uh, thing on, on, on screen. Thanks, Jordan. I don't care. Why, why should you care? Why should anybody care? Like, why, why should we be able to, to, to spend millions of dollars having water slides and, and you know, Taj Mahal's being built to induce players to come on campus, but we can't have a little bit of cash to get them to come on campus for their services? That seems silly. Why, why can't we do that? I, I, I don't know. Like, like why, why are we demonizing this? Why, why, is this? why is this bad? Just because schools have said it's bad for such a long time to, to keep the players from being paid? I don't know. Um, what other good questions do we have from the chat, Jordan, here? Uh, is Danny mad the NCAA is targeting collectives and Ruiz, can you eat it up? I know it's okay. Uh, no, that's no, we're not going to get into that today. Um, that's that's kind of a long conversation. I've covered that one a bunch. Um, I don't think Jimbo got a show cause, not to my knowledge. Can we get a Netflix documentary on college football this year, like F1 and the PGA? Yeah, that would be that'd be pretty amazing. Um, you guys load up your good tw- good questions in the chat, and I I, I want to get to something else here. Uh, Saban also kind of took a shot at uh, at Jackson State for who I'm assuming was Travis Hunter, but he didn't actually name Travis Hunter. And he said, hey, the, the kid got a million bucks. It was in the paper. Uh, I'm not really sure which paper he was talking about there. I no doubt that uh, NIL is an important factor in that deal. And uh, it was interesting to me that Dion is actually the guy who named Travis Hunter in, in, in the tweet. Like, kind of just saying the, the quiet part out loud. I mean, we all knew who Nick Saban was talking about if you follow college football or college football recruiting at all. But it was interesting that Dion actually tagged Hunter in, in the tweet, uh, almost that you know, Nick was kind of subtweeting him a little bit. And Dion said, we did not pay Travis Hunter uh, any money to come here, which, okay, but that's not what Nick said, right? He just said he, he got money to go there, which obviously the, the story in the paper said. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. John Ruiz uh, has accused Saban of admitting to cheating in his comments. Was that on Twitter from Ruiz? Let's see here. Uh, let me look here. Ruiz. Jordan, do you see this? John Ruiz on Twitter? Um. Oh, no. So Saban, Saban, uh, uh, Saban also called out Miami for allegedly cheating, saying uh, these guys at Miami, they're going to go play basketball. They were 400,000. Uh, again, like, this is awesome theater. Oh, here it is. Uh, Ruiz said, uh, Prime, reach out to me. Saban, really, you think you're above the law? I guess you can't play in a true equal playing field. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever on that. Um, let's see here. But let's take Chris's question here. Chris R's question. The uh, What do you think is Jim, Jimbo's motivation for having the press conference? If we can get that one on the screen from uh, from eleven twenty three, I, I think this is a really interesting one, right? So, wh- why does Jimbo feel the need to have this press conference? It, you know, you could say he's defending the honor of his players, but that's sort of implying that that like getting money to go play football is a bad thing, when it actually it's a good thing, but. Maybe in Jimbo's worldview, it is a bad thing, I guess. So maybe he feels like he's defending the honor of his players. It's also probably an ego thing, right? These coaches, they know they need the bag men to work, but they don't want to admit that that's the reason the kid came to school. They want to give all the credit to their assistant coaches for recruiting, even on kids that we know are just a flat-out bidding war, right? So... I, maybe that's it, right? Maybe, maybe it's an ego thing that he wants his coaches and whatnot to get the credit for landing all these players and not the NIL and collective stuff. That's that's possible. Um, you know, I I guess, maybe. Um, but I don't know. That, that's a good question. Or maybe he just feels like he can't... Uh, um, maybe he just feels like he can't let it go. I If he knows he's not going to get caught, I'd probably just... Just go nuts, you know. Uh, Pat Pat West Jr. can't text Saint M Sue Saban for libel and slander. Uh, there's no way they do that because you you would have to believe what Jimbo's saying, and I don't think anybody does, right? They're they're not gonna 
they're going to do that. You'd open it, you'd open it up for discovery. Uh, let's take the uh, um, let's take the one we just had on there. That was actually good. I just I, sorry, I was a little delayed in reading it. Um, the, the one about NIL and uh, and schools and college programs. Yeah, so uh, this is pretty fun. Reggie Hollywood wants to know how will college departments change with NIL? A lot more of an MLB front office approach. Is there different strategies to use NIL? So I think there are definitely some programs out there that just absolutely hate the people that run their collectives and will want to try to bring it in-house, right? Uh, that is probably going to happen at some point. Like they, they like the idea of not having it in-house because it, it keeps it further away from employer-employee relationship status. However, I think some of the people that run these collectives like I know there's some really big schools out there that I've been told this is not my information to report, so I'm not going to say who it is because I got this from another reporter. Um, but they just absolutely hate the guys that run their collectives. They think they're clowns. They're not the guys they want associated with their programs. They're just sort of opportunists. And they want to bring NIL in-house eventually because it's sort of the, the lesser of two evils. We'd rather have it in-house so we can control who we're, who we're paying for, who we're buying, all, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, rather than have you know this dude or that dude do it and trying to fly some of these recruits up on private jets, et, et cetera, when we don't even really want these kids, right? Uh, I think that is probably something that will happen. You'll probably have a little more player personnel type departments, um, or maybe you'll just have sort of like the football team licensed by Ohio State or something, right? And not not actually make these kids go to school. Uh, who knows? There's a lot of interesting stuff going on yeah all the comment sections like yeah they're not going to sue for libel because you'd have to actually open it up and prove that you didn't uh uh you know uh, didn't actually pay those guys which nobody i'm not gonna say nobody believes certainly i think a lot of the comment section here does not believe uh let's take a look at this one here that jordan just just put it in um uh, uh this is from uh Who's this from? Oh, Sue Cravens. All right. I'll just say this since people want to cap and accuse others. I used to be a five-star recruit. Only schools that didn't offer bread were Pac-12 schools because it would have been the death penalty for them not to slap on the wrist like others get. I went to SC free of charge. Okay. Uh, I had other schools offer me ten to 20000 just to visit. All of them were southeast of Texas. Uh, since people lying, I'll speak from experience. Recruiting was unfair up until NIL, only because the SEC was allowed to openly pay for talent, which is why they became so dominant the last 13 years. I actually kind of agree with that, but it's not that they weren't allowed to pay. It's just that they stopped tattling on each other. That was the lasting legacy of Mike Slive, in my opinion, is that he got for a pretty good 15 and almost 20 year period, starting in about 2002, for all these programs to stop like narking on each other, essentially. Um, anyway, Sue continues, if I, and Mike Slive, of course, is the old SEC commissioner. The SEC's rise to dominance directly correlates with them stop turning each other in. Uh, for cheating. Uh, a lot of y'all's favorite schools would be in hot water if I could download my old Boxer app. I guess that's probably some kind of communications apps. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, if you're a five-star recruit and you're not getting offers, let's find a better agent, I would say. Here you go. Do you think NIL deals end up hurting the development of players because the schools that develop players typically don't, or better typically don't offer huge deals? I don't think that's actually true. Um, I mean, you're 
no, I I don't think that the schools that develop players better are the ones that are not offering deals. I mean, look, like you don't think that the player development at these top schools is good. I think their hit rate on these guys is is fantastic. You know, we focus on player development at some of the lesser schools because they're not landing the elite level prospects, and they do turn out some good players. They also turn a lot of guys who go to work as you know accountants or you know, mailman or whomever, right? Uh, so I, I don't know. I kind of reject the premise of of JD's question, but it's an interesting one to be sure. You guys know you can watch us on Facebook as well on a lot of y'all's 24-7 sports team site, Facebook pages. Pretty fun. Um, let me see here. Larry Pilgrim, Saban has not liked any rule that creates athletes looking at programs not named Alabama. He hates a player acquisition competition. He didn't like his bench riders leaving. Hard to argue with that. I think that's probably true, I would guess. Uh, but yet, he's also proven to adapt quite a bit. That That's why this has seemed, you know, more. Uh, this has seemed more whiny than than, than previous times. This, the previous it was like, okay, I don't like this, but we're going to adapt and change. And maybe maybe he will. Maybe he'll adapt and change and coach another ten years. I just this is kind of the one thing because he also mentioned how do you manage a locker room where players are getting paid, and he's had to do that once in the NFL. It didn't go well, right? So maybe that's something he doesn't doesn't like. Uh, also, Lane Kiffin in their comment here. Just asked Lane Kiffin for his thoughts on Jimbo going scorched earth on his old mentor, Nick Saban. Quote, speechless for the first time in my life. That's per, per uh, Bruce Feldman. Uh, Chris R. says, I believe Jimbo Fisher when he says we didn't break any laws. I'd be willing to bet it's all semantics on the back end with a lot of, quote, could get this deal type language, full knowing it's guaranteed. Of course. Yeah. I mean, guys, like, I don't think A&M was out there signing players to contracts before they signed NIL deals or excuse me, before they signed letters of intent. I just, it's kind of common sense. With the transfer portal, you can't really lie to kids right now. You know, you can't like be like, hey, we're going to give you 500K over four years and then have them like not deliver on the deal. The kid will just hit the portal, you know? So yeah, I don't think they broke any, any laws. I bet you they didn't have officially signed deals before the kids got on campus. Common sense though, an eight and four team doesn't typically sign the number one recruiting class of all time without a lot of hard work and a lot of dollars. Just my opinion. All right. Uh, what else do we have here, Jordan? Will there ever be a way to create a level playing field with paying players to where there's a salary cap that will make things more fair in the sport? Yeah, I think so. If you want. Um, first of all, there's never been a level playing field in college football at all. It's just not true. Uh, kids have always been paid under the table. 70s, 80s, 90s, 60s, 50s, 40s. Um, just it's it's always been documented. There's always payment to players. This is a market. The money finds the way to the guys who are valuable in the market, whether there are rules or not. Uh, will there be a way to make it even? I I would say. Um, yeah, technically, if you wanted to. It, I think the easiest way to do this, right, is, and easy is not a good term for this, but the most simple way uh, still has a lot of complications. But if the players were employees and they were unionized, you could collectively bargain with them. And I think the schools would beat the heck out of any kind of player union because it would be a weak union. They would be time limited. They would. The only real leverage that a union ever has is to strike. They almost certainly would not actually strike. So you let them be employees, you let them unionize, and then you just basically beat them down. 
like not physically, but you know, like you, you beat them in negotiations, obviously. They agree to a pretty weak salary cap because most guys who aren't worth that much would vote for it. The very top players would probably get screwed as far as their uh, as far as their value. The lesser players would get a little bit of something that they're probably not actually worth. And the schools would go on and continue to make tons of money. Maybe you wouldn't have coaching salaries keep escalating to where you're having, you know, $20 million head coaches for amateur athletes, I guess. What else do we have here? Uh, so I I feel like this comment section, though, is leading us into something. Uh, something interesting here. Do, do you think Nick Saban, do, do you think he's going to retire? Or basically be like close to hanging it up. Mr. Tongue Twister 77 had an interesting one here. He said, Nick doesn't often speak off the cuff like this. Other programs or the NCAA should pay attention. I, I think that's probably true, man. Uh, he's in his 70s. He has always had to adapt to certain things. Um, but this this just feels different. It it does. And it's clear that this is an area in which Bama. I don't want to say they are behind because I have no doubt that they're ramping up behind the scenes. Just common sense will tell you that. But I think for one year, they probably were behind slightly to AM. They still got the number two recruiting class in the entire country. Does Nick want to deal with that? For so long, he has not had to deal with just overt conversations about like just player salary, even though it's paid via third party. Now that's just part of recruiting. I talk to coaches all the time. The kids want to know how much can I get? That's that's what I also ask in a job interview, right? That's what you guys ask too. How much can I get? How long is it going to take Bama to totally adjust to this? Maybe just a year. Who knows? That's that's possible. If it takes longer though, it makes you think like, how long is Nick actually going to coach? He's got this Bryce Young team. Um, I mean, he's, he's got a really, really loaded team coming back. This could be his best team of all time. I just don't know if he wants to stick around for this. I do think, though, that all this stuff about how coaches are going to leave for the NFL because of this is complete nonsense. Most of these coaches do not have the chops to coach in the NFL. A lot of your best coaches out there are coaching. And I know the comment section is saying it's going to leave people. Uh, I think you see old guard hanging it up. Most of these guys don't have the ability to go to the NFL. The NFL wants guys you can actually coach. They don't care if you can recruit because the NFL doesn't have to recruit. They just sign and draft players. Um, so, yeah, obviously, if, if Arch goes to Bama, that would be a little bit different of, of a thing. Uh, let's take some more some more good questions here. Uh, Jordan said he had a couple more really good ones. Do you think we might see a developmental system set up at Power 5 schools once we have an official breakoff from the NCAA instead of going to Group of Five and transferring in? Uh, no, I, I don't think that that – that there's any real merit to that uh, because I don't think the schools want to absorb those additional costs. Why, why would they? And I don't think, I don't think the, uh, the G five wants to just drop football. I mean, they, they want to hang on to it as, as hard as they can. So um, yeah. Could NIL make weaker teams worse because they, the, they might be pressured to offer money. They really don't have in hopes of an elite player, but when it doesn't pan out, their budgets will get anemic. I do think we are going to see some like, we have all talked about, I think, the media in sort of this paternalistic type way of, hey, what happens when this kid blows through his NIL money? Or what happens when this kid doesn't pay taxes? What, what happens when one of these collectives goes belly up? Because I think that'll happen, especially some of these ones that are run by some dudes that I think might be kind of shady. What, what happens if some of these collectives go bankrupt or 
if the seasons don't go well and people you know, just go back on their uh, on their pledges. But in theory, yeah, sure. Uh, if NIL collectives overextend themselves, it could hurt the program for the coming years because they may not have the money to consistently you know, do that. Seth asks, uh, will we get to a point where players have contracts and schools will loan players out to smaller programs for playing time? I think yes to the first part. I think eventually we will have players with contracts just because I, I, I don't think this is a tenable thing for the schools long term to have all this NIL stuff go on forever. Uh, as far as will schools loan players out to smaller programs for playing time, kind of like maybe European soccer, that I don't, I don't, I haven't given that a whole lot of thought, but just off rip, I, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, um, could we see Bama booster slash collective start pushing Nick to the door for going this hard against NIL? No, absolutely not. That's no, um, 100% not. Um, Oh, I didn't see Jimbo say that Bobby Bout Bobby Bowden was a real mentor, not Saban. That's uh, that's also pretty wild. Uh, would the G five have to fold in the FCS to survive a Power Five breakoff? I I don't think so. Um, no, I, I I don't I don't think so. Um, what's stopping a media company, maybe even a broadcast company, paying players? Would that be illegal? So illegal? No. Uh, against NCAA rules. Also. No, unless it's an inducement, right? Like you could, if ESPN wants to have Bryce Young as a commentator, certainly could, unless I'm missing something there. Uh, now, like they, they do it right now in uh, um, in NFL games, right? Like once you're out of the playoffs, they have somebody come and and uh, and work on set. So no, I, I don't I don't think there's any rule against that. We'll take uh, we'll take a couple more here, and then I actually have to have a little uh, little in school birthday party. I got got to go to so. Pretty cool there. Will players transfer out just because another team offered a bigger contract? Interesting question from Vinny here. And I'm glad we're getting some Facebook questions as well. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to us. Also, follow us on Apple Podcasts and give us those five-star reviews. So, Vinny's question. I, will players transfer out just because another team offered a bigger contract? Yes, if the money's big enough to where it makes a real difference and if the player is not locked in. That's why some of the collectives that I'm familiar with are trying to lock up players, the entirety of their, their NIL rights, so that they can't transfer away for NIL money. Now, you can still do it. If I own all your NIL rights as, as a collective, if the, if the other team that you're trying to get you is just willing to play the bagman game, that's fine. You know, you don't, uh, you don't have the ability to pay me above the table. Maybe you can just send me 500K in crypto, which you know now is more like 380. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's why you're trying to get these kids locked up into long-term deals. It's much like how, how the Rays do in baseball, right? Like they want to try and buy out those arbitration uh, and some of those early free agency years, or like any team does. And you, you get that, that young player signed to a longer-term deal. He gets a little, little bit of money up front, and you avoid paying him quite as much as you have to on the back end. Uh, could income eligibility be created in determining pro versus amateur? Uh, Larry, yeah, I think there's there's potentially some merit to that. Um, it's probably a little bit bigger than we can get into on the show in the last two minutes here. But, uh, yeah, I, I think so. That, that could be. 
Will there be college players making more money than some pro players? There should be. I mean, think about how much money these the, the schools bring in versus how much money the NFL team brings in. Like the first or second best player on Bama is more valuable than the, you know, 55th player on uh, on the Jaguars. You know, like like the very last player on NFL roster is kind of replacement level. The same guy that we're talking about making more money in college than some guy in the pros uh, is going to be making a ton of money when he gets drafted as a first-round pick. Now, a more fair question, I think, which is a little bit less inflammatory, not that Dylan was trying to be inflammatory here, is will anybody make more money in the pros and, or in college than they will in the pros? And I think the answer to that is probably no absent injury, right? So, uh, Sua just tweeted about pros making less money than Bama players. I mean, not officially, but I feel like that's, you know. Is Jimmo in the hot seat if he doesn't make a near six bowl? I guess that depends on how much money you think the collective really has, right? Um, uh, yeah, here's to a Cravens. I didn't want to say it, LOL, but worked out with a few guys during off seasons that literally would say I was making more money at Bama than the current practice squad they're on. Shouldn't have made the practice squad, right? Should, should have made the real squad. Uh, wow, I guess. Uh, um, hmm. uh, Colby says Texas A&M spent $35 million on NIL when Bama spent $3.5 million. That, that's not true, actually. Like, I, I think if you cut that in half, I would actually believe that if you go with like a four-year period. But I, I don't. I just I really have a hard time thinking that AM is running. First of all, they didn't spend 35 million on NIL. Like that's just there's no way. Number two, even if it's a per year thing, like I don't think 18 is anywhere close to what they're spending on a per year basis. If you said that they that these kids have deals locked up 18 million combined over four years, I could buy that for sure. I, I think that's actually very probable, you know? Um but not on a, I don't think they're spending 18 million on one class per year. That's, that's pretty crazy. All right. Uh, we'll take one more. Let's get out of here with a good one. Really appreciate everybody tuning in today. It's kind of a wild show because we're trying to react to Nick's comments literally while Jimbo uh, is also talking. <laughs> and we talked about a little of the Dion stuff. Uh, let's, let's end in on a good one. Which, uh, which one do we want? Brian Partika asked, will NIL stop athletes from leaving college a year early? I think actually, yeah, it probably will, but not like the first round types. It's never going to compete with that, in my opinion. But I do think that it is possible that if you have a guy who is sort of a borderline pick, so maybe he's somebody who the NFL says, hey, your grade is sort of that return to school, but the agent thinks is probably a fifth or sixth rounder. But the guy's a really, really good college player. It's not crazy to think that the boosters or the collectives or whomever should come up with like a mill or, or you know one and a half to get him to return to school. Like his value, if he's really like like a fifth or sixth rounder, his value is greater to the school than it is to whatever NFL team is going to draft him. And if coming back allows him to potentially work on his craft, increase his draft stock for a future year, coming back and getting compensated for it uh, would make a heck of a lot of sense. So. Uh, Appreciate you guys sticking with me. Obviously, monologuing a show with no commercial breaks and, and not a whole lot of predefined segments live is, is always kind of tough. And 
hope today wasn't too rough. Really enjoyed it and going to go uh, eat some cupcakes at my son's school and celebrate his birthday. So appreciate it, guys. Like and, and subscribe, thumbs up, and five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts if you can. Tell your friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.